like it? I do. Really? Really. You're not just saying that? I'm not just saying You'd tell me if you were just saying it, wouldn't you? I would. It's 8.37 a.m. Saturday, April 21st, 2018. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane And uh, here we are in, in our usual uh, kind of uh, situation. The pillow in between the chairs, kind of wedged in, kind of uncomfortable, kind of, you know, we're afraid to bump the highly high-tech recording equipment. And uh, I got my uh, cup of... Uh, I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Ham and eggs. And uh, Diane's sitting here. Yeah, ham and eggs. Demurely with her hands folded <laughs> in her lap. Waiting for an opportunity to chime in with her usual <laughs> eloquence uh, as soon as I stop my rambling diatribe. That's kind of how things roll here on a Saturday morning. Pretty normal. It's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine. Over to you, Chet. Uh, well, we've been having a lovely morning already. Have we? Well. Discussing literature and... And listening finer, to John Prine. The finer and, points of... Uh, and laughing and crying and carrying on, man. Yeah, That's yeah. True. Because... And it's only like eight thirty-seven, right? Yeah, Jeez. unbelievable. Well, Bill, Bill has been reading one of my favorite books ever, called *The Manticore* by Robertson Davies. Right. And I have long been a fan of Robertson Davies. And when I first started reading him, it was because Seth Blair. Blair, yeah. Seth Blair. Seth Blair was. I was thinking, am I thinking the right last name? I was thinking the right last name. Seth Blair used to come to the Victory Music open mics and play cello in a way you would never really seen somebody play cello he played cello kind of like a like a banjo or something like that i mean he had it in the right he didn't hold it like a banjo but it was mostly plunking he did not bow the cello much right and he wrote these very amazing songs that were unlike anything that i'd ever heard before i remember the skeleton dance uh and a couple of other ones of his that were just the dance the one that i really liked was nice guy nice guy yeah (laughs) but he very very witty he was like the guy, he was like that odd guy from science class in high school who you found out years later was actually, you know, a songwriter and, uh, and you know, plunked, okay. the, plunked the cello while he played. And it would, it seemed, it would seem perfectly in character, uh, but you never would have imagined that, that that kind of science nerd would have, uh, you know, also been an amazing songwriter. So. And he wrote Pickling the Past. Pickling the Past. <laughs> All kinds of amazing songs. They were, a lot of his were almost like science fiction yeah. and and little vignettes that were right. hilarious and wry. And, and and so far from out and so far deep in left field that oh, you'd, you would never so have far deep. imagined that anyone could come up with it. Not unlike John Prine in that way. I was a great admirer of Seth Blair's Me too. music. Me too. Great. And so one time we were having a concert uh, at Victory Music that featured Seth. And usually we had uh, the musicians, there were two of them, two acts, right. uh, whatever a they double were. Double bill. Double yeah. bill. Yeah. 
But I remember that Seth left uh, a book behind. He just had forgotten it, and uh, it was World of Wonders. And I called him up and told him, oh, hey, Seth, you left your book behind. We've got it. And, you can... and he said, oh, I'll pick it up at the next open mic. So I was so curious about what Seth Blair would read <sighs> that I started reading the World of Wonders, and I was instantly drawn into this amazing book. I mean, I couldn't put it down. Yeah. I think that he did pick up the book that at the open mic, so I think I read it from the time on Saturday till Tuesday and just read the whole thing and was flummoxed by how wonderful it was. Hold on, I'll get that. You want to get it? I'll get it. Were you expecting a call from a dial tone? <laughs> I was. Oh, there he was. That's and you it. hung up on it. Sorry well, that was it. that was what I was told that you should do with a dial tone. In any event, right. uh, the reason I loved it, it was so different than anything I had ever read, and so well, well told, wonderful characters. And I found out that it was a trilogy, a and trilogy, yeah. went back to read Fifth Business, and then Manticore, and then reread World of Wonders. Uh, Robertson Davies is a Canadian author, so a lot of his references are all in Canada. But you know, it has enough. It was, he tells a lot about Canada in that in the book. He describes the uh, the immigrant heritage of Canada and. It's just amazing. But Manticore has stayed with me. And I have read all of his books. He, ha he usually does things in trilogies. And I've read them all many, many times because they are so uh, deep and, and so interesting. Yeah. I really recommend. But anyway. The Deptford Trilogy is... The might, Deptford might probably is it that probably his most famous. I think it is his yeah. most famous, but uh, there's also the Salterton trilogy. Right. What do they call the other one? I was trying to think. The Rebel Angels. Uh, I can't remember the Rebel Angels trilogy. Trilogy, the name of that one, but I love that one too. Um, the Salterton trilogy was one of his first and and it is hilarious there are passages in that in some of those books that literally made me laugh out loud which is hard for a book to do you might find something amusing but you won't actually laugh out loud but he had things that made me laugh out loud but in comparison to the Deptford trilogy which is the world of wonders and and Man, at all uh, there's a depth to their uh, presentation that is amazing, and then the Rebel Angels, too. I had gotten into it, then I got cat hooked on Robertson Davies. We were both reading the books at the same time, and I have, as I have said, reread them many times and have read interviews. I had a book of uh, a biography of Robertson Davies that was wonderful. I've just been immersed in, in the Robertson Davies books. So you read Fifth Business, which is the first book of, um, of the Deptford Trilogy, and 
And when you first read it, you weren't so I was enthusiastic. A, I was not that. I was in a place in life where I was not. I should not have undertaken it at that point in my life because I was too distracted by other things to uh, really appreciate it. So. But the reason why this came up again, the why the Mandacore came up, was because. I was uh, talking about Robert Burns' poetry and how uh, it was quoted in the Manticore as one of the the pride of a, a grandfather who was not very well-off talking to his well-off grandchild. And I was thinking, I, wonder, I, I remember that passage, but I don't really remember what he said about it other than quoting the Robert Burns to the younger person. And so I wanted to, to get it to to just read that about that, and you decided to get the book too. Right. So we went up to Half Price Books, and we found some nice little pocket book editions of the three books, and we bought them all. Well, because I have the... I have the... The trilogy one, all the, in one book. And, yeah. all, and it's just too, too unwieldy. cumbersome. Yeah. yeah. Big fat so. books are tough to carry around with you. Well, they're they're actually hard to read on your lap. Uh, you know, you've got this tome that you're reading. So. Tomes, Diane. Tomes. Tomes. Tomes are meant for desktops. They're not meant for lap reading. Right. right. Tomes are meant for dictionaries and yeah, you know, encyclopedias. The collected poems of you know Wallace Stevens or Denise Levertov right. or something. Exactly. Like that. Those are weighty tomes, Diane. But if you want to read something on the bus or just <coughs> curling up in a chair, a tome is not going to do it. It's true. But, so, so we got in a wonderful conversation about the Manticore this morning because Bill is enjoying it. Yes, I'm in the last section of the Manticore right now, and it's quite delightful. Quite delightful. And then we were talking about John Prine, which is also a delightful and deep uh, well of information and delight and humor and uh, eloquence and you name it, he's got it. Yeah. I was... His brand new album is as good as anything he's ever done, and uh, I like I like guys who. Pardon me, I'm having another drink of coffee. Write great songs, and their voice might not be as melodic as it once was. You boy. It suits the material. It's good coffee. So perfectly that you don't even notice. Yeah. You know, it's because you know the authenticity of the of the persona in the songs, and he's writing from his. A particular vantage point that is not that doesn't deny anything. It lets everything in, and uh, John Prine's seventy-one years old, and you know, so he's you know he's got a little, got a little age hanging on him, and and uh, he that's that's what it's all about, and I just think it's a, a sheer delight when someone just owns it all, and uh, and you realize that you put all these little tiny pieces together that have come out over the last 40 years and you've got John Prine as he is right now in the very present moment. He is truly authentic in his personality and presentation. So so I was actually literally crying and laughing Weeping. at some of the songs that yeah. that he had. But mainly just because one of the songs that... We're going to play, right? Boundless Love. Yeah. It's a good song. And we started, you That know, was the one I wept. Yeah. An Egg and Daughter Night, Lincoln, Nebraska, 1967, Crazy Mountain. 
is another one that we're going to play, and I think we should just head right on into it. Because there ain't much. I mean, what went on this week? I got I picked up a cold, uh, and then got over it. I mean, I still kind of got a little just, but it's just like I felt all day on Thursday. What's this? Today's Saturday. Yeah. All day Thursday, I felt like I had this cold coming on. So I was just pounding down all this herbal stuff and echinacea tea and this uh, this uh, cold and immune powder uh, that's got like it's just a bunch of spices. It's got, yeah. It's got cinnamon and cayenne pepper and amla and uh, licorice, licorice I think. and all kinds of stuff in it. And I mixed that in with my tea. And I was taking that and all these other things. And I woke up Thursday morning, or no, Friday morning, yesterday morning, and felt like I was well. You know, the day before, I mean, the, as I was laying in bed Thursday night, I was thinking, man, I'm going to feel so much worse tomorrow. Because just, it just felt like you feel when a cold is coming on. you got the sore throat. Your sinuses are kind of hot. Your eyes feel kind of hot. It's not like you have a fever, but you can sense that there's some kind of infection going on in your sinuses. And I was a little worried because I've got a uh, gig to do tonight. And I was thinking, oh, boy, I'm going to be all, be all clogged up for my show and probably lose my voice or some kind of horrible thing. And then I woke up yesterday morning and felt better. Got up and went for a walk and did my exercises. And, you know, it's really quite amazing. So that's my story. This morning when Bill was playing me when some I played of these songs. You, the egg, when I played Egg and Daughter Night, Lincoln, Nebraska, 1967, Crazy Bone, Diane was like, what's Crazy Bone? And I was like, I don't know. So Diane looked it up. Well, I looked it up and first found that Crazy Bone is like a funny bone, yeah. you know, what we call the funny bone. But but then I found an article in The Guardian about this particular record. And it was a great article. Yeah. I read it out loud to Bill. and um, I had seen that article, actually. You had seen it? Yeah. Do you want to read the, the part at the... It's the start of the... John Prine was sitting in a boat in the middle of a river when he realized he had an idea for a song. The idea came by way ideas usually come for Prine, by listening. This time he was listening to his fishing buddy, John Earl, a former guitar tech for the Everly Brothers, tell him a story about growing up in Norfolk, Nebraska in the 40s and 50s. He told me that on Thursday nights, him and his buddies used to go to the roller rink and the egg farmers would come in from the country and they'd drop their daughters off go sell their eggs, and then these big city guys would make time with the farmer's daughters, says Prine, 71. The weekly event, Prine says, was formerly known as Egg and Daughter Night. I just thought the title of it was so good. Prine is laughing now, still amazed and amused by this curious slice of Americana, the very sort of oddball premise he's used to stage the heart-wrenching, thigh-slapping, quirky folk dramas he's been writing for the past 50 years. It's a very American story, he says, as if to explain why he was so drawn to the anecdote in the first place. The resulting song, Egg and Daughter Night, Lincoln, Nebraska, 1967, Crazy Bone, serves as one of the centerpieces to the Tree of Forgiveness, Prine's first record of original material since 2005. Yeah, the whole article is fantastic, but I also wanted to uh, have Bill read one other little bit that I absolutely loved from this. Okay. I am willing to do that. So, the tree of forgiveness was a phrase I came up with about six or seven years ago. I fell in love with that image, and I tried writing a song called the tree of forgiveness, 
but it just didn't go anywhere. I finally crammed it into When I Get to Heaven. It became the name of the bar that the guy opens up in heaven. I had this constant thought about how the toughest thing was forgiveness, and really the toughest thing for most people was to forgive themselves. So, I thought, in terms of places you can go where you could tell yourself that you are forgiven, there'd be a bar. And then I thought, if you get to heaven, and all these people that are such Christians are going to be there, you're going to need a drink. <laughs> John Prine has one more thing he add, he wants to add. Sometimes, he says, I think too much. <laughs> well, I'm sure glad he thinks too much. Yeah. I know that you have often been accused of thinking too much. Yes. Well, I, I've accused myself of it uh, a time or two. And, uh, yeah. So, I actually, I think I only like people who think too much. Well, I think it, for if you're going to write songs, it's probably a good quality to, to possess because it leads you into some pretty strange little quirky corners. And I think John Prine is probably the best example I know of the quirky corners of thinking too much because that's his history right there. Well, I think that it's a nice uh, grouping of people that we've been talking about. People who think too much. Seth, Seth Blair, Blair, Robertson, Robertson Davies, Davies John and John Prine. Yep. Pretty good little uh, little trinity there. <laughs> of exotic thinkers. Yeah. I I really want to get a copy of the Seth Blair. Yes. Um, he's on Facebook. I mean, I'm friends with him on Facebook. I bet he's. I bet we could ask for it. I right? did ask him for oh, it one time uh, because I would love to play him on our show, especially nice guy. Because yeah. all these things we used to have on cassette, and you know, cassettes are just not, not the thing. I've been anymore. hearing that cassettes are making a comeback. Uh, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? I can understand how vinyl would yeah, make a comeback, but cassettes, no, there's just, there's just. I mean, there was the the phenomenon of the mixtape, was something that I was very much into in high school and college, and so I understand the appeal of the mixtape. But you can do that, you know. You know, with a on a thumb drive these days, you know, you can just sequence a grouping of songs the way you want them. But anyway, I don't have a lot of of romantic attachment to the cassette personally, but I'm a mutant. In many ways. <laughs> How about some John Prine? Let's go. If you like your apple sweet. And your streets are not concrete You'll be in your bed by nine every night Take your hand-spanked corn-fed gal And your best friend's four-eyed pal To a treat right down the street that's dynamite Now let your conscience be your guide If you put your foot inside You wish you left you well enough alone when you got hell to pay, put the truth on layaway and blame it on that old crazy bone. Crazy bone, crazy bone, where you wish you left your well enough alone. When you got hell to pay, put the truth on layaway and blame it on that. Oh, crazy bone. And don't be stuck up in Alaska 
when you should be in Nebraska on Thursday when it's egg and daughter night. When the farmers come to town and they spread them eggs around and they drop their daughter down at the roller rink. Well, you're probably standing there with your slick back grill cream hair. You're lucky and your daddy's fine tooth comb. If they knew what you were thinking, they'd run you out of Lincoln. Just blame it on that old crazy bone. Oh, crazy bone. Crazy bone. Crazy bone. Crazy bone. Well, you must have left your wisdom to that home. If they knew what you were thinking, they'd run you out of Lincoln. Just blame it on that. Oh, crazy bone. Here comes that crazy bone. Yeah, da 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 da. Da 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 And eternity is approaching fast. Yeah, you're half out of your head. And you probably pissed the bed. And you can't see a thing to save your ass. When far across the prairie, in the local cemetery, they already got your name carved out in stone. When all them nurses say, Grandpa, why you walk that way? Just blame it on that old crazy bone. Yeah, blame it on that old crazy bone. Crazy bone. Crazy bone. And everybody in that old folks' home. If they knew what you were thinking, they'd run you out of Lincoln. Just blame it on that old crazy bone And everybody in that old folks home Yeah, blame it on that old crazy bone morning to a garbage truck looks like this old horseshoe's done run out of luck if I came home would you let me in find me some pork chops and forgive my sin surround me with your boundless love Confound me with your boundless love I was drowning in a sea Lost as I could be When you found me With your boundless love Sometimes my old heart Is 
rag a washing machine It bounces around till my soul comes clean And when I'm clean and hung out to dry I'm gonna make you laugh until you cry Surround me with your boundless love Confound me with your boundless love I was drowning in a sea Lost as I could be When you found me with your boundless love By chance, I should find myself at risk of falling from this jagged cliff. I look below and I look above. I'm surrounded by your boundless love. Surround me with your boundless love Confound me with your boundless love I was drowning in a sea Lost as I could be When you found me with your boundless love You done found me with your boundless love You surround me With your boundless love